Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the Raw Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick. Here to look ahead to tonight's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Raw but also SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT Dubai, oh, Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay per views, premium live events. We have interviews, uh, roundtable discussions and a round of the week complete with a good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to look ahead to Raw tonight and a huge tag team title match that is completely unpredictable, Michael Hamlet. Yeah. Um, it's tricky at the moment with the Bloodline and the Usos especially because they've been the tag champions for such a long time. I wouldn't go as far as to comparing the reign in terms of prestige to Roman's one with the title, but WWE want to. They yeah. want you to think these are one and the same. Uh, they're certainly allowing you to think about WrestleMania and what the Usos and, you know, like losing the titles on a big stage and it being worthy of that sort of thing, which creates a lot of problems, actually. Like the New Day thing was really undercooked in hindsight. But even then, even if they'd have tried the absolute hardest to make you think, are oh, the New Day going to be the one? There's a record worth saving here. I don't know if anybody would have bought that because that storyline is so, so strong. So to ask anybody to think, uh, well, all the years that we've spent with Riddle and Elias tonight, <laughs> maybe, it's got, maybe it's just got to be their night. Not least when they've also done uh, Drew and Sheamus to like fight the winners on SmackDown. It's like, yeah, Drew and Sheamus, of course, also involved in a heated rivalry with Riddle and Elias. So surely this can only go one way. It's, uh, it's, I don't know, it's a little bit of a prison of their own design because you've got to have these sort of defender titles sometimes. You've got to have these tag team matches. But Triple H loves making us... Like pretend to care about teams that have been together three weeks. Like, he absolutely loves a shocking turn on people that have barely been friends on screen before the turn. We get a lot of this from him. Now, I think that's a bit cynical. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the result on the surface of things, it, certainly ahead of the show, doesn't feel like it's in doubt, but we talk about this a lot. When you book a long title reign, this is just um, the sort of mid-predictable byproduct of the story that the larger, wider story that this is in service of. You want to have the Usos appear invincible so that the team you really want to win, the team that gets built up well to win, presumably Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn, 
it just resonates all the more as this amazing feel-good triumph when they finally beat this all-powerful unit. But yes, as Hamlet says, you have to do things in the meantime. And this is one of those things. And look, we say all along, the trick is make you feel like the result is in doubt in the moment. And with the way Triple H books, I think by the 27th or 28th minute of this match, <laughs> they'll probably get there. Yeah. Wilborn, uncharacteristic of you, a consumer professional, bit of behind closed doors talk here. You bug it up the intro that no one will ever hear it. Yeah. Because you had to re record it. And then even on the one that made it to the podcast, yeah, there was swear. a bit of a slip. I think you're a little bit distracted because the babyface team are playing in the World Cup. The World Cup, it's the World Cup. Do you, do you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd have <laughs> rant about, about this. The day. About this. <laughs> do them again. How the Americans pronounce it versus how everybody else pronounces it. Yeah. It's, so it's World Cup. It's World Cup. Yeah. With the idea being you ever so slightly, almost imperceptibly, just draw out world. Yeah. The prestige and the scope of the tournament. <laughs> and it's only imperceptible. It's only it's imperceptible, but it's only perceptible when you mm. put it against how the Americans World Cup. Yeah. Be well, because as well they've got World Series, World's Fair. It's not about the world, but is it? Because in their mind, well, the whole it's world's just, here. The whole yeah, world's in our fifty yeah. states. We've got everything <laughs> yeah, so they can't so it's, possibly, it's the cup, it's the series, it's the fair. It's like they that, can't yeah. possibly sell the magnitude of world because as you say, it's just like Arkansas versus uh, New York. <laughs> <laughs> so in latest World Cup action, which obviously Wilborn's distracted yeah. by, and we really like talking about, um, do you want another score? Go on. It is, I haven't checked it yet. Zero, zero. Ooh, I'll, tie, like I'll tie it up. End to OT. I mean, it's about 10 minutes in, to be perfectly honest. But uh, uh, I think uh, when America have the uh, World Cup in 2026, we were saying? Yes. Can we bring back the... Uh, Shoot out things that they do with the penalties. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. run, run from the halfway line. Well, we Japan's can we campaign for that because uh, we'll be out there covering it, of course. Yeah. Japan's rapid start is over now with Croatia starting to ping the ball around uh -oh. a bit. Very rare that Croatia are the heels. It's an all babyface Situational battle, heel, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, pretty uh -huh. much. Um, look, yeah, the Usos are going to retain their tag team titles tonight. Yeah. And I sense this is probably the night. I'm so confident that it, this is going to be the night that Elias turns on Matt Riddle, despite... Not really being like he's teamed with him, and I think they've maybe won a match against Alpha Academy. Tolerated him, isn't he? Yeah, but he's yeah. not exactly been like, yeah, he's just like, yeah, you interrupted the moment I came back. You talked about hitting the blank, and then, uh, yeah, you've just been sort of an annoying fly I couldn't really get rid of. I'm so confident that there's going to be a turn tonight. I wouldn't be surprised if they do the whole. Actually, that's what you thought was going to happen, but Elias turns on Riddle. Orton comes out to make the save, and then Randy Orton turns on Riddle again to really like double down on his misery tonight. I mean, that'd be a far more interesting story. RK Bro is something that people were really emotionally invested in, and if that was ever going to happen, it certainly felt for a while like Riddle was being positioned for the Randy Orton match after the Seth Rollins one as a continuation of pushing him. With the women, Maybe serious injury though for Orton. I'm yeah. not making light of everything here. With the women's division, uh, Tegan Knox being the latest, Candice LeRae being others, Miriam and so on. Triple H is. Not bringing back people that are necessarily there to be stars straight away. He's he's noticed a problem in the need to increase the numbers. The divisions were understaffed, underbooked, under everything. Terrible women's divisions were in WWE across the board. So the first thing he's tackled, rather than match and story quality, for the most part, has been numbers. Yeah. Bolstering those rosters, and I guess he thinks the next stuff can come, the next stage can come. Like, does he think that's what he's done 
in bringing Elias back as Elias, as a perfectly suitable, something for Riddle to do guy to bridge the gap between the Seth Rollins feud and whatever Riddle's got, say, for WrestleMania. Say if it was Randy Orton, for example. Does he honestly believe Elias is that guy and thus this has been the vehicle to do it? Because what's he watching? I don't. Because I don't. <laughs> what's he watching? Like, what evidence has he got to support that? I didn't get the impression he particularly liked that character when he birthed him in NXT. Like, and that Elias character did far more on the main roster than it ever did when, like, when the Drifter couldn't really go, like, in that TakeOver era. I just, if he assumed this would be, oh, yeah, this is an established character, it's going to get a pop for a couple of weeks, but Elias is always better from here. I'll turn him, and then this will be, like, this will feel completely natural for Riddle to go from Seth to Elias to Randy Orton, let's say. Are you taking the piss? Like, it just, this feels, I didn't, I'm not, like, campaigning for a Riddle even to get this push, but look where, it, look where he was and look at his matches and look at his obvious ability when he's in yeah. there with somebody uh, that can match his level. Like, I don't even think the match at the end of this, you're looking at, like, not to be cruel to Elias, but you're looking at something of a bit of a carry job to make from Riddle to make this decent. Three words. He's not thought about this, is he? Symphony of Destruction. That's what's going to happen. <sighs> Called it yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I'm with you. Um, I think Triple H failed his first test by everyone's uh, sucking his ass. So, and the ones really <laughs> we're in the you know we're in that era of Pepe H, and he can do no wrong. Well, he actually can. Yes, the bloodline not good. Invisible camera aside, he inherited that dynamic. He absolutely inherited it. The first thing that he I had, think we're in his leadership of it now. Though Paul Heyman, <laughs> is there anything that Triple H? Did that is stylistically similar to what he's doing with Sami Zayn and the Bloodline in NXT. Uh, I, I don't want to give him credit. I, I give it a bit more time. I was able to think of something. I feel like post Survivor Series, this feels like him. Like you can now say, right, he's in charge of it. I wouldn't have expected them to head into Christmas with the blood. I'm really glad they've done it. Yeah, Bloodline all together. I want Christmas cards, holiday jumpers, all that. And this feels like him smartly observing that now is the time to actually make them more together than ever. Okay, I'll get off that Bloodline thing. Like, but maybe just then. A dog with a bone with it. Right. <laughs> Riddle won the series with Seth Rollins, and Seth Rollins has just gone on to have bigger, better matches. He's well, won championships. He's now contending for the championship that he lost. And there's a low-key Vince McMahon 50-50 and Riddle unwon it because they then had a US title match that Riddle a, lost. I think it's a big test how Triple H has failed because yeah. I couldn't possibly care less about Riddle now. Yeah, I, I didn't want to care about him during the um, Rollins feud, but the match at Clash at the Castle was so good that he was kind of involuntarily dead. Yeah, I don't care about this match. I don't think it's going to be particularly good. I think it's going to go long for long's sake. I do think the turn happens tonight. And, yeah, it's going to take a pretty near career best individual performance or series of them on the part of Riddle to make any of this interesting. So we get a guitar shot. It's been a while since I've seen one of them. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Sige, tonight, uh, WWE Hall of Famer JBL really raises the ante uh, when he holds, holds an invitational poker tournament. Not my words, the words of WWE.com. What's going on? JBL invitational poker tournament. I realise you've been doing... It's weird stuff with Corbin involved in poker, but... I don't know if it was just World Cup fever, but you sound very much like Gary Lineker there. <laughs> <laughs> very, very glib, very professional. I think that's what you strive for in life. Always. I think this is going to be some kind of show-long storyline. Just... as <laughs> <laughs> a shrug, ladies and gentlemen. Like, you know, people come, people yeah. go. Was the Tazawa thing last week, or was that two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. A bit of 2000... 2000 vibes to this. Mm -hmm. The APA used to do it. <gasps> Ron Simmons showing up, dropping a damn. 
Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't really care. Um, a door that you don't need to walk through. It used to be charming though, didn't it? That was a really charming gag, that door. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it's a Baron Corbin feed at the end of it. So someone's going to take all this money to Zawa rematch? <laughs> Have they had a match no, yet? No, they haven't. This is the thing. He started messing with them, hasn't he? He nicked, yeah. it, he nicked JBL's hat. They treat him like, they treat him like Dink and Max Mini yeah, that yeah. week. And that's where we're at with them. Um, I don't know. Dexter Dinner. Loomis going to be a poker prodigy there? <laughs> He's got a poker face. Oh, oh yes. Yes. We just crack the case, boys. That thing where the camera's unconvincingly trained on a Baron Corbin's face. I just can't read this guy, man. Like, he just keeps losing, like, hand after hand after hand. And then, like, Loomis, he can't do this on a audio medium, but he's got that face that he does. Yeah. It's one way he doesn't blink, and everyone, like, loves it for some stupid reason. That's how I just can't read this guy. He must have a great hand. He's not showing any nervous tics. And then, God, I fold. Is that it? Yep. I fold. And then, like, Lewis has got no cards or a bad Seven hand. Seven two, that's the worst hand you can have. What is it? Seven and a two. Why is that so bad? It's the lowest. Nine's a big number. It's the lowest possible pairing of numbers that you can't get straight with. Oh, good oh, knowledge. Mr. Mr. Poker! <laughs> you kept that quiet. You got a poker face all your own. He hasn't got a poker face. I didn't play poker. I, 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 it's too bloody long. Get on with it. I'm, I'm, I'm too giddy. I'm like, uh. Mate, you record a four-hour Dungeons & Dragons podcast? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm like, yeah, cool, he's dead off. Like, that's... That's where you get your podcast from. Um, Could you imagine Johnny Gargano turn well, up to help Dexter with my own green visors? Like, dressed like a croupier. Johnny oh. Gargano's going to have pocket aces, and he's yeah. going to go... Oh, I'm, I'm not telling you, but I might have a good idea. Uh, uh, just can we just get back to Johnny Gargano wrestling? Good matches, please. I'm beginning to like your dark glasses that he wears because obviously he obscures his eyes. Well, you could be the idiot that turns out is pretty good at poker. I was going to say Truth, but then Truth's obviously injured, isn't he? Otis. Chad Gable keeps losing hand after oh, hand. Yeah. Chad Gable losing would be good banter. Yeah, that's good. That's funny. Just... Turn it around, you two. And you've... You know what we've done? I didn't have to ask the terms of decision to say what's next for Dexter Lewis. So it's like two birds, one stone. <laughs> so we can just do some World Cup, comment- World Cup commentary. <laughs> the worst thing is about that is we've just picked, like, what is the stupid thing WWE would do for this poker thing? Mm. Just without even doing any notes. Just, like, kind of tossing the, the old ball around. Or pigskin around. The old pigskin back and forth. Like, catch, throw. Good catch. <laughs> Interception. <laughs> And that's what we'll do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a ludicrously tight bit, considering it was a visual one on an audio medium. Girls, <laughs> later on, you will not believe how slick we were today. I can't listen back to it. They can't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> it was slick as. <laughs> one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Uh, let's talk about Becky Lynch instead, uh, Hamlet. Yeah. Uh, she opened the show with it last week and had a, had a load of fun in the crowd. Um, and then seemingly aligned, well, not aligned herself, a targeted damage control, of course. Is that what's next for her? Like, I, I've no, got no issue with uh, in either in the coming weeks or even building up to the Royal Rumble, a, a Becky Lynch versus Bailey match. Or will it be, I don't know, Becky teaming with Candice LeRae to take on the tag team champions? Are we going to get that weird guy, Zachary, back? Or uh, what? Really, I sure hope not. Uh, all of the above, but centered mainly around uh, Becky and Bailey. I think I mm. really quite like that. I've, I'm a huge Bailey fan, but I'd be lying on this podcast if I said she's delivered it in ring in the way that we'd expect. You want to put it down to rust or just the damaged guitar act simply not working. The heel character no longer connecting in the way that it did. It isn't as a heel. She was something of a necessity, I think, in WWE's pandemic, and just has never felt like that since returning as a heel for crowds that have just wanted to... She parted to him well, apparently. Carry on. That's right. <laughs> like, for crowds that have wanted to embrace her and have not been given the opportunity to. So what you're left with is just trying to enjoy the match quality, which for the most part hasn't been there. Flashes of it with yeah. Bianca Belair, flashes of it in the feud, but never across one single match, just little flash points in their matches. Uh, so maybe this is a Triple H move. Becky Lynch versus Bailey is not quite pay-per-view headlining stuff but is surprisingly big for both of them as the stuff to do over Christmas in the run-up to the Royal Rumble. Particularly which, non-title. Yeah, of which you assume they will both be in the Rumble. Um, as you say, with Damage Katarl having the tag belts, possession of the tag belts, it seems natural to use this increased presence uh, of these new women that have returned. Someone like Candice LeRae it gives everybody a bit of ring time. Becky Lynch can give the rub to people. Like We've seen that done now with her star power. And as a babyface, immediately last week, it felt nice her being back on that side of things. So, I I don't know. I, I, I think Becky and Bailey is the way to go. I just hope this is that thing that Bailey needs. To sort of, it just doesn't feel like she's really gotten a groove back. She's a back. face turn. That's she does. That's what, that is the thing she needs realistically. And that's why we've been kind of like previewing a, a split that never seems to come with Damage Katara. But I, there's worse things than Becky Lynch and Bailey. Yeah, I think I think the face turns incoming, but I think you can hold off on it until after this Becky Lynch feud. And I suppose also, Sige, with the the numbers thing that they often be like, okay, right, well, we need me him to make this the right numbers, mm. blah blah blah. Um, you've got Bailey, Dakota Kai, EO Sky, two of which are obviously the tag team champions, and, and you two have Bailey pairing off with Becky Lynch. You could arguably do that, and then for the women's tag team titles that are still inexplicably a thing. Um, Dakota Kai and EO Sky defending against Candice LeRae and Tegan Knox, who, of course, returned on SmackDown. Yeah, that's the benefit of bringing so many people back, seemingly without direction, is that you can think of a direction later. Canonically, didn't Tegan Knox, her last appearance in NXT, did she not return to get 
revenge on Candice Lorraine cost her and Indy Hartwell a tag team titles because they were like you're the only one alive who'll remember okay, because you actually liked it and paid attention and everybody else is like a near octogenarian <laughs> and everybody and everybody else pretended that they were watching them weren't because yeah, yeah, we're the yeah, only yeah. ones that said oh it's really good that NXT's changed and yeah, went, how yeah. dare you and then they saw it yeah. like, oh you were right actually yeah, that's one way of doing it look I can't get excited about Becky Lynch and what next for her because she's feuding with a heel Bailey and heel Bailey's death I'm sorry in retrospect in hindsight she did such a miraculous job of getting over with that particular WWE character, which is just incredibly grating and obnoxious to an extent that I don't really want to see her get her ass kicked. I just don't. Like, I'm not entertained by this. I don't hate this person. I don't love to hate this person. I'm. It's just change the channel heat. It's go away heat. It is absolute death. It's been taken too far. She should have returned as a babyface because the fans were just desperate to see her back. They got she got a really good reception at SummerSlam. This is the way it always happens. Keep it simple, stupid. Triple H, and I know the rap is I know I like skulls and metal and intense characters. And I'm gonna be serious as a character direction. Well, what distinguishes you from everybody else? Either completely serious or a complete goof. And uh but be that as it may, Bailey was a creation of the original NXT when Triple H was at the peak of his powers. I've got no goddamn reason other than the guy's lost the plot and is remain, uh, he remains coasting off the incredibly low bar that he inherited from Vince McMahon to his immense sort of acclaim as a result. He needs to turn this woman babyface as quickly as is humanly possible because his heel character is absolute death. She gets what chance? She um, is barely over. Yeah, I think the War Games match got a better reaction than they expected as a result of the TV stuff, but no one really cares about it week to week. Do this if you must. It's two big stars. They probably care about having an all-star clash at the Rumble more than anything else, not least of which the quality of the TV. But my God, it is time to get Bailey back as a baby face. I'm rapidly forgetting how good she was. She was amazing. In terms of Bianca Belair... Got several options like for an interim. I don't know whether you're going to do. I would assume at the Rumble they're going to do her and Alexa Bliss. And I'm, so I'm just going to keep asking this question every week on the preview until it actually happens. Is this the week that the you know we, we they alluded to it even more so last week with her being sort of distracted in that backstage uh, interview with the the team? Oh, you were so successful at War Games. She's like, yeah, yeah, Becky was good, I suppose. Is it? This week that she finally shows her true colours, is it? Do you use? Would you have Nikki Cross be sort of like an interim challenger before you go for the the road to the pay per view with Alexa Bliss for Bianca Belair? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Hamlet's probably better equipped to answer this one. Uh, look, it's a bit rubbish, isn't it? It's a bit rubbish. Well, the Alexa Bliss stuff. A lot of the women's division still. Yeah, he's got the personnel now. Yeah, he needs to start telling stories with this. That don't make my arsehole cringe inside out. There was a it's like a rosebud. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a very NXT thing of Triple H to have done this. But the best thing he has done probably with the women's division in the last six to eight weeks was, no. was positioning Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair together on screen yes. before either were a part of War Games. Before you could even entertain the idea that they were going to be. Uh, brought together in time for the Royal Rumble, let's say, or WrestleMania, because it was an acknowledgement that these are the two biggest stars and you want to look at what that might look like. Yeah. You know, immediate immediate on-screen chemistry and this idea that, like, yes, that's the all-star match. Get to that eventually. Um, it's occurred to me, you know how if uh, Bray Wyatt had attacked LNI, well, I would have finished the job. So yeah. he's claiming it wasn't him. <laughs> what if it was Alexa Bliss? Ooh. What if she attacked LNI? 
I pushed all that stuff on him somehow. <laughs> Actually. Yeah. Pushed, pushed the box-like structure on top of LA Knight. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I think... I've heard a podcast where LA Knight would probably be uh, happy about that. But that's uh, a bit of inside baseball. <laughs> bit of inside baseball. I think That's this not is, a bad shout. Yeah, I think this is um, a now and a rumble thing. I think this Alexa thing is Bianca's everything through to January deal. It's not, she's not, there's no opponent in the meantime. She can beat somebody in a match if they really want it, but I never think that's how you book Bianca Belair as a champion anyway. She's, I think she, when she wrestles, there should be a bit of spectacle around yeah. it. I don't really like watching her as a regular. She's just not one of them champions. Um, so the, Alexa, Bianca should have been paying attention that Alexa's like, we can see it on television. So at some point she can say, well, I've been sick of you for ages. And, what, what's getting inside Alexa's head, perhaps? Oh, it's an upside-down bee's ass on a flash of a Titan. <laughs> if it is Alexa, uh-huh. right, she didn't finish the job, man. <laughs> she just buried your little uh, jailbait there. That's true. That's true. I'm not saying that's not why it hasn't happened. I'm just saying it would be yet another theoretical hole in the story. I'm going to have to call my group the wide six out of ten because they can't do anything right. Stuck with Karrion Cross and Bo Dallas and all the other losers. Uh, finally, um, you know me. I'm the I'm the positive. We're finished guy. already. Yeah. Well, there's not. This is what I was about to get to. I'm, I'm, it annoys me. Tell us, World Cup. You you know how I'm positive I am with normally when it comes, especially like WWE and Raw, especially because I know you two come out for three hours or this bollocks. Yeah. I know. Come on, it's good. It's pissing me off, right? That I come in here every week and I've got one or two things mm. to make, and I've just have to. Drag some stuff out of my ass to be like, what's Press next? For? Instead, like, uh, oh my god! Um, Don't just make it. Yeah. <laughs> Taz one. I really like that one from the five star review. Oh, is that still on there? It's the music. Bingo! Love that. <laughs> it's not on. Um, well, this is what I was about to get to. So I've, I mean, it's annoying that they advertise one match yeah. and a inexplicable storyline development. So I thought, you know what? I'm not just going to sit here and sulk. I'm going to come in here with a pitch for you instead. Rather than just saying, oh, what's, what's next on the whole... Hang on, we've got to kill a bit of time. On the whole storyline with US champion Austin Theory and Seth Rollins. this music. You wouldn't know anymore. That's not going to hit the rumble. It shocks me on every roar. I'm like, who's this guy? Oh, yeah. His new music, not new. So, I've just written an idea down, and I thought I'd run it past you, basically. Great. So, Austin Theory is your new United States champion. United States Championship, which has been, you know, occasionally defended in on a regular basis, on television, open challenges, etc., etc. But Austin Theory's an arsehole. <laughs> and the whole thing last week was like, I want to face you. And he's like, we are, we'll face you on my time, because mm. I'm a twat. Right? Twat. What? With an old goddammit, can you spell? World Cup. Full of twats. They already kicked our ass out of there. Plain plain home for us guys. I thought I'd steal something from uh, those guys over there. And uh, I think Austin Theory tonight should say, you know what, Seth Rollins? I will face you for my United States Championship. If you can run my gauntlet, that is. And I think you should every week present a challenger for Seth Rollins up until uh, Royal Rumble or I don't know, a big show to kick off the year for, I don't know if they do a 
year premiere on Monday Night Raw. Wouldn't be surprising. So you could just have mint Seth Rollins matches on telly every week. Just like, oh, uh, this week you have to beat uh, Chad Gable. Oh, this week you've got to beat uh, Bobby Lashley or whoever it may be. That genuinely works for me. Seth Rollins has found that groove and found that rhythm in ring, so the work would be decent. Sometimes it might even be better than decent. Also, it actually elevates both the US title and Austin Theory as a prize because one of the reasons that MJF trope was so successful is because it reminded you every single week that the whatever endurance test or whatever their babyface was going through, it was just for the mere privilege of getting to beat up MJF. Austin Theory could do with that kind of platform to be put upon. And him having some fun. Like the US title, the Intercontinental titles um, trope under Vincent Mann was like a champion goes out there and says, uh, Mr. Perfect, Bret the Hitman Hard, Shawn Michaels, Greater Intercontinental Champions. Won't someone think of the legacy? And you're going <laughs> to be saying that about Eric Escobar. And then, like, sure enough, the next guy would fail. <laughs> and it would just go on and on and on like that forever. The US title one is because, like, Cena's run was incredible. Like United States Open Challenge. What if Theory does the United States Closed Challenge? Yeah. <laughs> and he just bans anybody getting a shot. And that like becomes... Jericho stuff. Yeah. Basically, we've arrived at the way to save AEW, uh, WWE's television is to do AEW tropes in it. <laughs> Big Body Harvey and Austin Theory. Yeah, yeah. They bland guys and give them Jericho bits. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it works for me. Yeah, be all right. They do it again tonight impromptu. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, well, I know for certain, one, one thing I do know, Michael Sidgwick, is that Michael Hamlet can't wait to review this show tomorrow, can you? I'm buzzing. Absolutely buzzing. I'll probably be in first tomorrow, if anything. Me and Sid reviewing uh, Monday Night Raw tomorrow. Michael Hamlet enjoying a well-earned day off. Enjoying doing a lot of work. But anyway, let us know your thoughts. It's December. It's busy. No, no, actually, I'm staying into Christmas. Everything's indifferent. It's going to be fine. Okay, good. Uh, let us know your thoughts ahead of Monday Night Raw on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, watch there. You can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at... Michael Hamlet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. As I said, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcasts, me and Hamlet reviewed SmackDown. Me and Sidg reviewed Rampage earlier on today. And me and Sidg will be back to review Monday Night Raw tomorrow. Still time to suggest your five-star review review. Something short, crap, wrestling-related for us to review instead of something on Monday Night Raw. You can do so either by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and just writing your five-star review review there. Or, if you want to do so, you can leave us a five-star review on Spotify. Screenshot it. Proof. We need the proof. Obviously. Uh, and then just email it to me, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. But for now, this has been the Raw Preview. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.